Thank you for having me. What a what a privilege. Thank you. Yeah, and thank you for bringing some art that we get to look at and talk about a little yes. bit today and yes. and appreciate um, you sharing some time and expertise. How long have you been here at Grace? I am going into my 12th year at Grace. Great. So, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for what you've done to build the program. And we're even going to talk about some of the exciting new yes. things that you've started as well. Um, let's go back to the beginning. Tell us a little bit about you know art in your childhood and, and how you got excited and interested in art. Sure. Well, thank you again so much for having yeah. me. Um, I was really one of those little kids that... Um, was creative in a way I think that others didn't really understand, except for my one grandmother, who um, now, as time has passed, we realize that the word eccentric is probably not the right word for her. Hoarder and grand, you know, grandchildren lover is probably the better <laughs> word. So it was just um, really, as a kid, I just was so fascinated by colors. And I would, um, you know, take like grape juice and kind of mix it in ice cream. And it was always really special because sounds tasty too, it, it actually was really, it was really tasty. But, um, so with my, with my grandma on my other side, um, it, that was at a time when they would fix the communion trays. And I knew I always got to like do what, with what I could with the grape juice after, after, um, we had communion. So it was always an opportunity, um, really at both sets of grandparents to, whether it was coloring or just painting. Um, and my one grandmother, who was the eccentric one, we could get in her old Cadillac, sit in the back seat. We could make a peanut butter jelly sandwich. Mm. We could draw. We could paint because she had everything fixed up for the grandkids. Oh, wow. So that was really um, just a, um, a, a wonderful environment where I could be creative and really <laughs> nobody cared. You know? So it was just really fun because she thought her grand, her grandchildren were perfect. So whatever they do was perfect, whether she really understood <laughs> what I was doing or not. I don't know. But yeah, I, it was really fun. I, I was the kid after communion that was running around seeing if I could collect more cups than all of my oh, friends. Oh, yes, yes. You were the one actually thinking what okay. productive thing yes. could I actually do with the leftover grape yes. juice? That's a yes. wow. Fascinating. Yes. yes. Um, what, when did you sort of make the, uh, or when did the idea emerge of like, I could make a career out of teaching, doing art in some form or fashion? Well, I think it was, I, I always knew I wanted to be an artist, but, and I, and I was called an artist when I was little, but I don't think I really understood what all was available um, until I was in high school. And then my high school teacher had actually suggested that I get a job um, at a local printing company. Mm. And so that was my first job um, uh, out of high school in the arts. So I worked at the drawing board where actually, you know, you used pen and ink and white out and you did the over the acetate overlays at a, at a catalog company. And so um, from there, it was just really knowing um, that I loved education. I loved learning more about art. And so I just continued going in that direction with my, with my undergrad. And then my, yeah, I, I'm, I'm a lover of education. You, you have a lot of initials after your uh, MFA, MBA, BFA. There's a, yeah, it goes on and on. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I, so have, I have a son who is artistic, uh, loves to, to draw mainly right now. He's about 10 years old and I will be the first to admit, um, I love the music arts, but uh, visual arts has never been my 
expertise. I love to observe it, but I'm not very good at it, or at least that's my interpretation of myself. What could I do or what do you suggest for parents with artistic kids to sort of fuel that flame of interest in the arts? I think first of all, let them color outside of the lines. So that would be that would be my first recommendation. But I think any time that they're, you know, they're putting their imagination to use, whatever it is, and, and sometimes it'll be in ways that you're trying to understand why are they doing that? How does that make sense? Um, just to continually encourage that because every artist has just a, you know a different way of working. Some are processed. Some want to hurry up and get to the end of their of their product. And so I would just really encourage them. And then especially not only for their own art making, but to see art by others. Mm. So whether it's an older, you know, whether it's a high school student or a college student at Grace, you know, to be able to have them have a mentor, have them go into classrooms where they have that opportunity to, to you know, to um, paint or to draw and see what that's, to see what that's like. The other thing that I would recommend is to buy them the most expensive paints, but non-toxic paints, and brushes that you can. Because a lot of times with little people, they'll, you know, people will say, well, let's just get these little cheap brushes. Sure. And then the little, you know, the, 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 you know, the little hairs fall out. And, and then the, the children are frustrated because their brushes aren't working. So I would just really recommend just whatever way, and even if it's like whether it's cake, making or sewing or any kind of craft or, you know, dragging things in from the outdoors just to let them, you know, continually put things together. So that's interesting. Yeah. So he's inter- he, he likes cooking, too. Yeah. And I don't know that I ever made the correlation between, oh, he always wants to help in the kitchen and he loves art. Um, but there probably is There's, one there. There is. There is. It's that taking all of these different kind of pieces of the pie or pieces of the puzzle and you're putting them together for this aesthetic um, end result, which is really, it's, I have students, we just had a a prospective student the other day that was talking about, you know, I love photography, I love drawing and painting, I love crafting, I love sewing, I love cooking, and it was just like all of these things are, are creative ways, you know, interior design, or, so once you have that vision, Mm -hmm. it's a vision for everything in your world, no matter what it is, so... What uh, um, one of the things I, I find very interesting about you and your career is, you know, you've also been in the corporate world and successful in the corporate world. You have an MBA. You've worked with Fortune 500 companies. So talk about kind of being in that environment as an artist and, and the skills you learned as an artistic person, how it applied in, you know, big business, let's say, um, where there was, you know, deadlines and, and it wasn't just you get to paint outside the lines. Uh, tell us a little bit about that part of your career. All right. Thank you. That's a great, that's a great question. Um, one of the things that I really, really enjoyed about my career is that um, it, it, you get to still be very, very creative and, you know, you're kind of defining within a rectangle, right? Whether it's a brochure, a flyer, a trade show graphic. And the idea that you can communicate visually, so you're with, whether it's with product managers or you're working with the legal department or HR, for the things that they're creating, you can draw out so that helps them see what that, what that vision is. Because a lot of others that you're working with aren't necessarily creative. And so you have that opportunity to 
use that art. And again, whether you're trying to just draw little stick figures so they can understand mm. what you're doing, um, it really helps them understand what that journey is. And then I think the other thing that was has always been, um, I, I, I think a gift is just that idea to be a visionary. So when you're developing budgets and you're developing you know, uh, schedules for, for, the, for your, you know, your colleagues or the people that you're responsible for, you have that vision of, okay, here's plan A, here's plan B, you know, and then you can put that together with what, you know, your vice president wants or what the CEO is charging the whole company with doing. Um, but I, I really um, think that it has to do with being able, again, to see all of those connections, why it's important that you as a designer can move within these different people groups mm. because you you get to be the communicator and it, and as an artist you're invited to the table to have ideas and and I always tell my students if you don't have ideas if you're too you maybe afraid to share an idea you won't be invited to the table so it's always best to kind of go to the meeting and you know have you know maybe have you know five or 10 ideas and if one's used fine if none are used fine people will always love to invite you because you know you you're you can brainstorm with them i i uh that makes a lot of sense i mean i know uh on my end working with artists and graphic designers <clears throat> they are often able to put the pieces together like you know I'm, I'm throwing out lots of ideas and they're able to put it together and then elevate it beyond what what i could imagine and so you get back this piece and you're like, yes, that's that's what I was trying to say or think about. But you were able to actually put it together for me in a way that I couldn't. Um, that's amazing gift that artists have for us. What about um, coming to Grace College? So you're in the corporate world. And why did you decide, OK, you know, I'm going to try the, the academic route and, and come and be a professor um, of, uh, of, of all things art at Grace College? Well, um, it was kind of an interesting journey. So I'm, I was born and raised in this area and had worked in the industry and at Biomed. I'd worked there for seven years. And then we were going to kind of take a life intermission and go to California. And then after three months, I said to my husband, well, I love you, but I got to go back to work. Like, I'm not enjoying <laughs> this time off here. So it was actually hired at a medical device company um, who was a former VP with Biomat. And, and um, then from there was invited to go to another medical device company. And so we were in California for nine years. And so, and our daughter had moved out there after she had, had graduated from um, Purdue. And then we were kind of thinking about like maybe, you know, coming back to Indiana, I think our heartstrings were kind of pulling us back. And in the meantime, I we when we were out there is when I got my MFA, mm. and I think that for me was really life transformational. Um, and I'll get back to get Grace in a minute, but I think when I when I wanted to get my MFA again, I just wanted to be a better artist. I wanted to be a better painter. You know, I wanted to be a better designer, and and because um, I think because I went to a Christian university. It was so transformational because my professors saw in me ways that they could help me grow spiritually. So I was called out. I've just shared this with my students the other day. But I was called out by one of my professors who said, you have to stop working so fast. You have to stop when you're making art. Because I was making multiples. I tend to work in a series. And 
he said, you have to set an, a timer to stop because if you're using your studio as a place for prayer and a practice of prayer, it seems to me you're blowing through your prayer time. Mm. And it was like, it gives me chills now to think about it. And I, and I try to share that with my students because I think it was the first time that I felt like I didn't have to make so much production in, a, in with a deadline. So because I'd always work with deadlines, I'm all about deadlines. And then I had another professor who said, every time you use the word assembly line, it just makes my toes curl. Because I was talking about, okay, I've got my watercolors going, i got my assembly line going. He's like, Kim, stop saying that. you know. <laughs> so, so what was happening is I was seeing, and I loved my undergrad. I, I, I loved my undergrad. I loved my MBA. My MBA was from Indiana Wesleyan, and my undergrad was from Indiana University. And I loved both of those programs as well. But for me, it was really in the visual arts at a Christian university that, for me, was very transformational in ways that I was not expecting. So when we were kind of thinking about, oh, you know, let's kind of think about moving back to Indiana, the position actually opened up because of the passing of the previous chair. And so that's how I ended up coming to Grace, is I actually came um, for an interview in December and I went back to California, and I said, I knew I was back home when I walked on the Grace campus, and, and all of the people were wearing reindeer sweatshirts, so I knew I was, I was back home again. So that's how I ended up coming here, wow. um, and at that time, Bill Kadip was the provost, and and um, I had taught one class for Indiana Wesleyan after I got my MBA, and um, but I had a lot of experience, of course, a career designer and marketing communications manager. So I had managed budgets and um, had you know um, worked with multiple different people groups in all different kinds of settings, mm -hmm. and loved mentoring. In fact, I had mentored two students um, that had graduated from Grace that came to work at Biomet, who I love to this day. They're just amazing, and so that was really kind of how I ended up, you know, coming at Grace. So I think there were all of these little pieces, um, you know, of the, of the journey that were already kind of maybe pre-planned for me to, yeah. to end up Thank end you up for here. sharing. So, yeah. Appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. Um, you, you talked about something I wanted to ask about, and that was, you know, how your art and your Christian faith work together. What, what is that? look like and mean for you and how do you express that to your students when you're talking about art and and your your faith in God thank you that I think that's a great that's a great question I think what happens is um my like whatever I, like whatever I'm going through whatever I'm praying about whatever I'm concerned about or worried about and I'm making it all shows up in that making and so I think that's what being an authentic artist is, you know, or authentic, authentic person, um, because there are things that I may be thinking about or things that I'm concerned about, and whatever I'm making, that's kind of what's coming to fruition. So, for example, when we lived in California, we spent a, a, a lot of time in L.A. going back and forth because that's where our daughter lived, and I, I was just so... Um, intrigued and just like like um what would be the word like um um or, or even dismayed or just worried about different women i would see on the streets of hollywood 
And so from that, I photographed doorways and um, printed them out on watercolor paper and then watercolored them and then created these um, female um, soft sculpture dolls and then did a dis uh, an installation of that. And that was one of the first installations I'd done here. But I had different um, women especially come to me and say when they saw this work, they were just so moved by it. Well, I like... I, I had cried when I was making the work, but I didn't anticipate somebody else having those same feelings. And it's much like um, the work that's actually in our art gallery now or the work that I brought to share of some of the other artists um, that will be in our art gallery now or that is in our art gallery now and then in, will be on this next um, session. But what I'm finding is as I'm reaching out to different artists, just even to talk with them about grace, so I'm reaching out to them as an artist or as a teacher. I'm finding that just opening a dialogue, they're introduced to grace or they're introduced to my faith or they're introduced to my care of my students or my care for art and, and what I'm interested in mm. making. So it's it really becomes your whole person. I think it's like a musician who, you know, they're writing a composition based on their, what their view of is the world. And that lens is through their faith. Mm -hmm. So you see that in their art. Um, and I think that's, you know, what poets do, what, right. you know, what, what writers do. And that it becomes thing. a vehicle for you to express your emotions, but then, then also to share what God is doing, yes, um, and even share your faith through that medium of the yes. of the art piece of yes. you know why did you create that and what does it mean and then it it, it means something to others as well. That's really neat. Yeah. Um, yeah, you talked a little bit in there about uh, I think traditional and digital art forms and how you merge them. Yes. That's kind of your thing. So yes. to, uh, tell me, like, how how'd you come up with that and what is that? What does that mean and look like? That's sort of your style. Tell us a little bit about your style. Well, um, that also came out of, like unbeknownst to me, that came out of when I was working in my MFA program. Because as a digital designer, like as a graphic designer, I was fortunate to um, begin at the drawing board. Everything was manual, right? So that was like in the 80s and 90s, so digital technology was just coming about. So I had the wonderful privilege of being able to be in the dark room with the um, mm. with the with the printer and work in a print shop and, and all of those things that you did manually, well then when the digital technology came out, it, for me it was like really exciting. So like you would use brushes and tools in the digital world just like you do at your your drawing board. So a lot of the way the software is set up now is based on those traditional methods, mm. but students now don't really realize, you know, realize that they see the dodger in the burner, you know, and those, those kind of things, those tools, but they don't realize that's because it was a darkroom technique, you know. So, so what happened in, in my MFA is that I was, again, photographing these doorways and from in, in all different places that, that we had traveled, and I wasn't sure what to do with them because I just had so many of them. And so one of my professors had suggested stitching them, like just putting them under the sewing machine, just stitching around the doorways. So then what happened is, because I was watercoloring them as well, on the back side of 
these little pieces of watercolor paper and I was um, stitching them and then I let, let these long strings hang down. Mm. There was a whole nother visual occurrence that was taking place on the back side of the watercolor paper. So you would see the stitches with these different colors. And then, so from that, it was they were kind of small works. Then I started, um, I've always enjoyed working large, but I was um, gessoing canvas and because I was in a hurry, probably just like, not, <laughs> I probably didn't set my timer that day to stop. But so I was using acrylic paint on the end of a four foot brush and I was just like, you know, um, painting away. And then I thought, I'm going to look what the back side looks like. And so I turned the canvas over and it became a whole series of artworks where I would paint the huh. front, turn the canvas on the back side. And so part of that really had to do with there's beautiful things ha that happen even though they're out of our control, right? Mm -hmm. So I wasn't seeing exactly what was happening on the backside, but still my attempt was making these beautiful colors bleed through. It was making these beautiful works of art. So I just ended up um, then, you know, using the camera photography, you know, going into the digital software to, um, you know, shift colors and adjust colors through gradation. Um, and then I would print out works on photo paper and then have over 700 little, you know, four by six um, photos as divided from like one large photo. Yeah. Um, so it was really um, a way that I enjoyed working. So I enjoyed, I enjoy working just painting. I enjoy ripping and tearing canvas. I enjoy doing digital work. So that's really Putting kind of what that, that combination is. So yeah, I really enjoy all of those different that's really ways neat. of working. Wow. Yeah. And, and it sounds like, I mean, that was a process of discovery. It for was sure. a process of mm -hmm. discovery. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you brought a couple uh, I mean, show and tell for yes, us. Um, that's I'm one excited. thing we do in art, right? We show yes, and tell. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. And and uh, the first piece here is with the current display in the art gallery yes. here, right? Yes. So tell us a little bit about what you have, the artist, and what's um, currently going on in Mount Memorial. Yes, I'm so excited. Thank you so much. So this is one piece of over 200 and some um, uh glass containers that are in the art gallery right now. The artist's name is Mark Blaschensky. He's from Michigan. I first saw his work in 2016. Actually, it was an art prize, which is an, uh, an international art competition, one of the largest in the world. And his work was in um, the Fountain Street Church. And as a stained glass artist, he um, had this whole display of these containers that looked kind of wonky, kind of just distorted, and some of them were a little bent over like this. But what the work really had to do with, if you were, you know, walked up to it, and it it took a little while to, for you to figure it out, is that it really had to do with the Flint, Michigan water crisis. Mm. Um, because as um, somebody who lived uh, lives an hour north of Flint, he was so concerned about what he was seeing on the news, and he was he wanted to address not in a political way, but in an aesthetic way, what was taking place. And so he created this work, and um, all of the um, artworks have um, a label on, and they're the actual statistics of the um, uh, lead in the water, um, the tap water analysis done by Virginia Tech University. And so it's a way that artists work in a non-confrontational manner 
where you have this gentle work of art, you have these glassware sitting on the shelves, and it allows the viewer to come in and engage with, with the work. And it was this work that for me was really profound because I had heard about the situation in Flint, just being in Northeast Indiana, but until I saw this work, I didn't realize mm. the gravity of the situation. And I had reached out to him and said, could I ask you more questions about your work? And then it began, it began a friendship and now his artwork is here in the gallery. That's he awesome. makes a lot of other work. He's making artwork that has to do with, um, it's, it's called uh, like interventionist art where he has this beautiful display in the gallery that it's really meant for the, um, the landscape that he'll put it in, uh, like for a day or two, photograph it, see people's reaction and put it in locations. Um, whether it's near like the sand dunes in Michigan and or in the you know farmland, but it's just a way of working um, where an artist is looking at a social situation and they're trying to use their own way of art making in order to say here's a concern mm-hmm. or here's um, something that I'm thinking about and it invites others to think about that as well. Really so neat. his name again is Mark Blaszczynski. His work is here till October 14th. So when, um, if somebody wanted it, to come see it, is there opportunities to come visit? Yes. So in the art gallery, we're open Monday through Friday, usually around 10, 10.30 till 5. Sometimes I open it at 7 in the mornings when I, when I come in. Um, but yes, yeah, so anybody could come into Grace Campus. It's on the second floor. It's called um, um, the first floor of Mount memorial it's not the ground level but it's the, the second floor up but they're more than welcome to come in and take a look at his beautiful work so he he did a uh, four artist talks yesterday so he did three with students from the classrooms and then he did an artist talk last night at seven and it was just well attended by students and it was really lovely that's great and then the next artwork we're having in the um the gallery should i pull this up yeah sure yeah so the next artwork that we're having in the art gallery is by a um, artist named uh, brenda miller we're going to have a series of what she calls her ecology collages this is the bridge series this is called bridge five line five so if you know anything about line five what this is, is um, under the Straits of Mackinac, hmm. there is a pipeline called Line 5. And it was um, uh, laid in in like the 1950s. It's operating under an expired um, contract now. And, and so I'll just say just briefly, there's been like 33 oil leaks oh, of wow. that pipeline since its installation. Well, Brenda had worked on Mackinac Island as a teen. She's also a um, uh, Michigan-raised artist, and her work is from old vintage maps. So as as an artist, um, both Mark and Brenda are very interested in the environment. They're very interested in the ecology, and her work is just this beautiful, beautiful, like a tapestry, almost like a patchwork quilt. But what her concern is is for the fresh water, like the the Great Lakes are the largest freshwater system in the world. Mm. And then they have this challenge of um, political litigation for the pipeline that is is really no longer safe. But again, as an artist, she's lovely. She's like just so soft-spoken. She is so sweet. And she does these collages from old vintage maps and it's very, very precise. 
and just the most gentlest spirit ever. But it's a way, again, for an artist to be able to bring attention to what their concerns are. So when I had first um, been introduced to her work, I had reached out to her and I said, hi, you don't know me, but I would really like to talk with you about your work. And so her work would probably have maybe 10 or 13 pieces or so of her work um, in the gallery starting October 19th. You said so, maps. So maps. So she's so taking it, maps. Maps, and... like books of atlases and old vintage maps. So she. So is that was, made of maps? Yeah. So actually oh, wow. this, this one here in the center is actually called a, a um, London poverty map. And early in the 1900s, um, a gentleman was... Um, trying to determine the economic level of different huh. people groups in London. So, um, and then the different other areas, uh, the, sometimes like a lot of the flourishes you see are actually from old maps, old atlases that have these beautiful flourishes and embellishments. She has one um, that I was going to bring and I didn't, um, but it's called Turtle Island and it's a lovely, lovely work, a little bit larger than this. But, but the, um, the whole turtle is shaped from old maps of Michigan and embellishes from the, the old maps, so wow. from the late 1800s. And, so, and she says it's always hard for her to make that first cut into it, you know, but then what she does, she's good. Like, she just keeps, she keeps going. But, so this is an example of the, um, the ecology art. So this would be kind of a general term for ecology art where artists are concerned about ecology, they're in, concerned about our environment, but they're not out on the street protesting, you know, or doing, you know, posters kind of as a, um, you know, kind of as a, you know, trying to have somebody um, hear what their voice is. Um, another artwork I'm actually wearing, I just want to give a, a brief wow. plug for this, but this is by a Native American artist called Kelly, her name is Kelly Church. Her and her daughter make um, baskets and so the heritage from the Native Americans the basket making from her family um, has been from the black ash tree the black ash tree is almost devastated in the US because of the emerald ash borer mm -hmm. it came to America Taking out one of my trees yes y yes. <laughs> yes and so because when it came to America our trees didn't have their yeah. immune system for that but so as an artist, an educator, um, and just somebody who's an advocate for, you know, Native American arts and traditional art, um, she makes all kinds of, uh, like whether it's bracelets or baskets, her work is in the Smithsonian Institute. Mm. It's actually in Grand Rapids right now. I, we're taking some students up to Grand Rapids next Tuesday to, to do a tour of the art museum and actually take a look at her work. So I've reached out to her and she's been just so gracious and just talking with me and sharing with me her story. So, so if you see a bracelet or you see, you know, a little jar of water or you see an artwork like this, you don't necessarily realize that this is the eco art. These are artists concerned about how we make a sustainable future, how are we caring for our land. And that's really um, through the research of and talking with artists is how we developed in our department the eco art major. Yes, which is a with, new major yes, this year, right? Yes, the eco art major. Yes, yes. And um, Nate Bosch, Dr. Nate Bosch and Dr. Jared Burkholder were so gracious when I 
I reached out to them and like this idea, they're like, sure, you know, so the eco art major is actually about half of the courses are the visual arts courses, half of the courses are the ecology um, based courses in environmental studies. And um, there's a couple courses in the like local um, and uh, national government. And then there's a sociology course that you can take as well. So right now we have one student who is an eco art minor. She's a senior this year and she's an environmental um, studies major, a photography minor. And she's like, Prof Reap, I have to do this. So <laughs> she's actually working on a documentary right now. Can I say her name? Yeah, sure. Okay, Marissa Hurst. So she is actually working on a documentary. She's going out with Dr. Bosch in the five different wetlands. And then we have kind of this plan for, uh, she's already scripted um, her documentary um, that it really has to do with preparing information for future gray students mm. in the program. So oh, she's really doing neat. an amazing job. So she's yeah. she's doing art that hopefully will promote the program. Yes. And, and yes. so the whole idea is, you know, and, and Dr. Bosch often talks about the need for us to care for God's creation. Yes, yes. Um, and so it's a, it's a way of expressing that through different mediums. Yes of, of uh, you know, whether it's concerns or advocacy, but you kind of said it like soft advocacy, right? Yes. It's not, it's uh, it's through a, a medium that's supposed to get you to think um, yes. and ponder. Yeah. Um, that's really neat. That's yeah. really neat. And there's different kinds, I mean, there's different kinds of echo art or eco art. Um, there's, you know, representation, there's advocacy. And it's so there's different ways that art can be used, whether it's community, you know, maybe a community comes together and, you know, they develop this garden that's, you know, also, you know, beautiful location to spend time. So there's a lot of different ways that could be used. Uh, reclamation is another term that's used in urban um, areas that they're trying to design and they work with architects for different you know, redeveloping areas mm -hmm. that are conscientious about the environment. Wow. So, yeah. Well, thank you for sharing. Yes. I mean, I know that's just one of your programs, <laughs> and there are so many yeah. others that we could spend time discussing as well. But I appreciate you taking the time to share thank your you. story and to share about what's going on in the gallery that, again, you can come visit. Yes. Um, and if people wanted to learn more about you and about your art... What's the best way to find out about you? Well, you can go to uh, KimMRafe.com. Uh, I, I do have a website. Um, so there are different examples of my work there. So my large canvas pieces, um, I have a Venice series, and you can see when you look that I have, I have a series of a variety of things. So um, it does have some of the digital work. It has the doorways um, in Hollywood where I had um, titled that work Pretty Woman. So there, so you can go see my website. So, there you yeah, go. I Kim need to update it. KimMRief.com. Yeah, awesome. but I do need to update it. So And then, of yeah. course, you can go to the Grace website and find website. more about the different majors within the art program sure, as well. Sure. Good. And students or uh, um, prospective students, families, I mean, people could come into the any of my classes and sit in on in my classes just to see, you know, what is happening in there. Um, just if they're interested, we do have silver scholars that are in the classes, which I'm so excited about as well. So there's just a, yeah, a variety of ways. And you have work. probably one of my favorite spots on campus where the art, get, where not the art gallery, that's a beautiful spot too, the, but the, the art studio, studio, yes. Oh man, phenomenal. what a wonderful spot on campus. So if you beautiful. are ever on campus, make sure you stop by and check out that space as well. Yes. Well, thank Perfect. you. Anything thank else you, you want to make sure you share? 
I just know I just want to say thank, thank you. you and it's fun to be here because I have a former student over here to my left and so I'm, <laughs> I'm just so I'm so glad to see Chingus here so yeah it's just really lovely to be here and I'm just really um I, I but I must say I have not got a, a reindeer sweatshirt just so you know so um but anyway we'll have to yeah, make I'm that happen and make person, it official so. <laughs> well Chingus job his, his our artistry here is to make us sound good and look good so uh that that'll be his job via the podcast <laughs> All right. And thank you to for listening to the Grace Story podcast today. Appreciate Dr. Wally Brath for providing the music for us, Associate Professor of Worship Arts here. And also thank you to Chingiz and Rick, our uh, associate producers for today putting together this podcast. And please share or like and comment on this podcast wherever you retrieved it from. Until next time, live your best Grace Story today. <laughs>